going on? It's Cole Cruz, and you're listening to the KC at the Movies podcast for Monday, the 9th of July, 2018. Little, uh, yeah, again, a little late with this one. Uh, I was supposed to bring this out on Thursday, uh, but again, I got sick, as I've probably explained in a previous podcast. I got, yeah, just got, uh, Fortunately, got the flu again, so that's that's just great. Uh, I've had it now three times in the last three or four weeks, I'd say. Um, and hopefully, this is the fucking last time it comes because I really wanted to, you know. It hasn't been exactly great spending my post graduation kind of um, rest and relaxation. Not a hundred percent. So. Uh, Hopefully that fucks off tomorrow, or the next day. You can probably still hear a bit of aftermath. It's going away, but you can probably hear a little bit of change my voice. Now, you probably, if you had listened to uh, last week's podcast about foreign films, you would have uh, heard at the end of that podcast that I'm doing a podcast about the good, the bad, and the ugly of this year. Uh, well, in this case, it's the good, the bad, and the... Yeah. Well, meh is written down, but, eh, you know. Maybe see it, maybe don't. One of those ones. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's pretty much just running down the uh, best movies of the year so far, based on one person's biased opinion. <laughs> and uh, the bad ones. Uh, also based on one person's biased opinion, plus critics and um, audiences. Of how bad they might have went. And then we've got some films that, you know, good, bad, who knows. Uh, but there's what I would just like to say before I start going through all these movies here um, was is I have graduated. I have graduated. Um, I'm not I'm not sure if I had mentioned this in my other one that I've already done it, but as of now of this release, um, I have graduated from Academy of Film, Theatre and Television. I am now not a student anymore. Uh, that comes with benefits and, I guess, uh, not great things, such as losing your student discounts on many things. But, benefits being that it's time to step inside and uh, face the real world, the real world of the film industry. And, uh, you know figure out the next steps in my adult life um, since this part of it is over as I've uh, said to a whole of my friends already that I've seen right so let me just uh, run through what's going to be happening Um, I'm going to be talking about a lot of a lot of good movies uh, some bad and then some alright as as my uh, friend Nicholas Hendrick would say it was alright um, but I've put them down as meh, as the uh, lead character from the Emoji movie, Gene Meh. The worst film of 2017. According to most people. <laughs> so, um, and if you're, uh, you know, if you, if you have, if you heard of one of these Lyft podcasts before, uh, these two tend to run for a little bit. Uh, but this is not going to be as loaded and huge as, uh, 
the end of the year list podcast, which I've done two of now. Um, this one will be probably... I'm probably going to run through most of these nice and quickly, but there's going to be some recommendations because there's some movies that I think that people haven't seen this year that deserves to be seen, uh, underseen, underrated, um, and uh, I haven't got a... You know, like people haven't had a chance to see them or if they've been out, and I can tell you where to find them. And you can finally watch them. Uh, and again, before I start, I haven't seen... Now, these are the movies I haven't seen that I can't put any of these lists, but they will, these will probably be on other people's lists. I have not seen The Incredibles 2 yet. I have not seen Sicario 2, The Day of the Soldado. I have not seen... Um, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, as of this recording. But I'm going this week to see Ant-Man and the Wasp. And I have not seen Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. So... Yeah, I can't really comment on those ones in these lists, but these those I count those as kind of like major releases, and people would have known about them. There's a lot of films in here that not many people do know about, and it's time to shine some light on those. So, without further ado, let's kick it off with with uh, you know what? Let's let's kick it off with with the meh. Let's kick it off with the meh. One of the first uh, kind of movies I watched this year that I was very excited about. Um, I saw the... We saw very early concept art from it. I've already done a kind of a talk about it on the podcast already. I saw some early concept art about it and I really got uh, very excited. And then I learned about the cast and I got even more excited uh, along with a friend of mine. Trailer came out. Hype was raised. And when I saw the movie, I was in a way disappointed. Um, and I'm talking about Duncan Jones's Mute. Um, he is the director of uh, Moon, which is a, um, a really great underrated sci-fi film starring Sam Rockwell and the voice of Kevin Spacey. Um, watch the movie for Sam Rockwell's performance because I think he's, he could have got an Oscar for that. Um, he should have, or he should have at least been nominated that year because that performance is a really great example of um, isolation out in uh, space. And he also did uh, Source Code, which is another um, kind of like it's a kind of like a mixed bag with most people's Source Code, but it's a uh, it's a it's a really really uh, intriguing film, and it's it's rewatchable. I'd say uh, it's got a good performance by Jake Gyllenhaal as always. And uh, Vera Farmiga is in it too. She's she's good in that. And uh, I don't know. I, I I really liked it. I didn't. Uh, most people are saying, "Oh, this movie's weird. This movie's uh, kind of like falls apart." But I don't know. I like Source Code. But unfortunately, Mute falls apart with Duncan Jones. Um, just with a uh, just a lot of mixed tones, um, the world being, I guess, not fully realized, um, as, as I would have hoped, and, um, Alexander Skarsgård as the mute, he was a good performer as that, but there's a lot of surrounding characters who I didn't really like, um, I liked Paul Rudd kind of at the villain, but then I watched it again, and I was just kind of, I don't know, let down by most of the characters in the film. So, I would say that's an alright film. You can check it out on Netflix. It's out now. Um, if you 
<laughs> if, if you would like. And also, I just want to um, state that I haven't really seen as many movies as as if you would like watch people or listen to people. I haven't seen many as as many movies as them because because at that at this time of seeing like this bulk of the year, I've attended film school and the the workload and the and the schoolwork had and uh, the assessment tasks and stuff like that, um, including working on sets and lots of stuff outside. Um, it just kept piling up, piling up, piling up, and I really was running out of time most weeks to go to the um, cinema, and which included a lot of financial problems as well from just, of not, again, not having a job, but then that's, a, that's an excuse I use on every single episode of the podcast. But this year's kind of main thing was, yeah, just the workload, which is getting crazy, and I was running out of time, um, and I was also... Um, just getting, just getting, because of that, getting sick, um, and then working on a lot of different assessment tasks at once, it just got crazy, um, filming and and pre-production for the, the major project was a lot of work as well, so I didn't get to see as many films as most people, like, who do, does this kind of stuff, and, and, uh, researches films, and goes and sees films, and lots of reviewers, um, so there's going to be kind of a shortened list here, but I just wanted to, to say that because there's going to be, um, yeah, again, not as much as people would say. So that's why, um, because Mute was, th- I'm saying that because Mute was either released in March or April, and that was a while ago. So people probably thinking, where's your January, February movies? Well, I don't have any, unfortunately. There's a, I, I said, there's one in March, there's another one in March, which is, yeah, um, after this one, next one, that I'll get to. So, kind of like March is where I kind of started, really. Um, the next one I want to talk about is um, Red Sparrow. And, um, again, cinematography thought it was a bit too flashy, in my opinion. I didn't like some of the angles they were using, and he just, he looked like he was kind of showing off a little bit. And, uh, you know... It looked nice, and then I just didn't get the chemistry between... Um, Jennifer Lawrence and uh, Joel Edgerton characters, Joel Edgerton's character. Um, there's a lot of things that just happen, and there's not ex- explain, and there's no explaining to that. There's no um, context behind a lot of things, and it just kind of really um, confused me in a bad way, and not not the way that made me, um, not the way that I wasn't understanding what was going on. It was the way that. Um, the way they showed it was just like baffling to me as just like, why would you show it like that? Where you can probably show it like this or where you can probably build and develop these characters that have this sort of interaction. They can't just do it like straight off the bat because it makes no fucking sense. So that's kind of like my, my criticism for that one. But that was an all right movie, uh, movie for me. I know other people really loved it. So, you know, that's great. If you loved it, fantastic. Um, another good J-Law perform- I'll, I'll give it. I'll give her that. She did a good performance, and she was very, very emotional and vulnerable throughout the film um, as this Russian ballerina. And uh, there's a lot of uh, very awkward scenes that she had to go through. So props to her for that. And uh, they are quite, they are quite cringy to watch, especially at the cinema. Next on my list is Tomb Raider. Um. 
Yeah, was really look. I had my hopes up for this one. I wasn't like excited. I wasn't hyped because I have every single video game movie that I've been hyped for have been turned out to be either shit or very very disappointing. Uh, one of my favorite franchises of video game history is Assassin's Creed, and that movie just let me down to a whole new just low. Like I was very 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 angry with that one. <laughs> um, yeah, jeez. So I had my hopes up for Tomb Raider, but again, not too high. I was liking the behind-the-scenes photos. It looked like they were doing, and um, they were obviously going to um, replicate some things that from the 2013 reboot video game, and they did that, literally pulling stuff from that video game and putting that into um, onto the silver screen. The same exact sequences are in the film as in the game. And, uh, some of it I liked, some of it I didn't like. Um, characters are very one-dimensional. And, um, the only thing I did really, really enjoy was the big, kind of like the first 15 minutes. I really liked the Lara stuff. And the tomb was very boring, very straightforward. Could have been way better. Um, uh, villain was weak as fuck. And... I'll say Alicia Vikander's performance though was Lara Croft was great, and I just the post-credit scene. As much as I love the the you know the double guns, um, the kind of the throwback to the old Tomb Raider, uh, very cringy, very cringy. Uh, Pacific Rim Uprising was another sequel um, that was in in line of disappointing sequels. Pacific Pacific Rim Uprising. Obviously, wasn't going to be as good as the first one, and it's not. It's more of an. Uh, whereas the first one, I kind of saw there's a lot of humans, and there's a lot of scenes with the humans that I enjoyed. The, the scenes with the humans in this one, and the dialogue is so. It's just really just really subpar. Uh, the scenes with the humans I didn't like. I, I'll say John Boyega is good. Um, uh, Scott Eastwood. I'm just never gonna. I don't think I'm ever going to like him. He's just so plain and boring. Um, he doesn't. He just plays the same character every single time. Well, uh, not every single time, but he just seems to play like the, I guess the pretty boy or the, you know, just what. I need to see more, you know. I need to see more from him. John Boyega, on the other hand, was um, was I won't say fantastic, but he was great. Um, he's going to be, he's good as always. Um, and I just, I don't know, I just, uh, the trailer was good, I'll give him that. I liked, I liked the War Ready trailer, but yeah, this, the film was just, uh, eh. Again, it was meh. So, uh, yeah. If you want to see it, it's available now on Blu-ray, I believe, out in the stores. So you can go and grab it if you want to, if you're a fan of the first Pacific Rim. I'm probably, they're probably going to make a sequel. Uh, like a third one to this one, make it a trilogy. So the first one by Guillermo del Toro that is, is one that I really, really enjoy, especially on the big screen. And um, has the added acting, I guess, ability from Idris Elba. It was great to have him in it. And in this one you got Boyega, kind of... I think it's his son, I think. I'm not too sure about the the context behind all that, but... Um, yeah, just wasn't as good in my opinion. 
Uh, now, controversial opinion coming up. Um, my next film on the meh list is Ready Player One. Um, look, I like the sequences. I like the action sequences. I like the nostalgia that it provided. I like the video game, the, the fucking more than 400, like, video game and pop culture references and movie stuff. There's so much in there, but, uh, I, I guess the story between Parzival, Wade Watts, and, um... See, I've already forgotten who Olivia Cook's character's name is and her avatar's name is because I don't really care about their story. Um, it's just, yeah, again, subpar to the action sequences. Also, the action sequences are very, very fun and exciting. And I particularly, particularly loved... The only reason I rewatched this movie again was to kind of pick for the Easter egg references. Once you're done with that, you're pretty much done with the film. And watch that scene in the in the uh, when they go to the um, spoiler alert. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler! If you haven't seen Ready Player One, just skip ahead. Um, when they go to the uh, the part in The Shining, I really, really enjoyed that. That was awesome. And then after that, it was went back to, to the film. So. I don't know. I was I wasn't let down, but I was just I wasn't coming out of the cinema, uh, shoving my fist in the air. I was just going out like, oh, that was that was that was fun. That was, um, you know, that was a good time. I had a good time, and uh, you know, that was pretty much it. I liked the action. I liked the nostalgia, but that was pretty much it. Oh, look, like it was mostly just like, oh, look, that's that from that. Or that's that from that. And then I watched it again. And I was just like, yeah, it doesn't really hold up. So, um, but I'll say it's a really, it's an amazing effort for that film to be made by Steven Spielberg, to have all of this, all these properties involved. I'll say that is a great effort to have all that in there. So, I'll give it that. But I know a lot of people really love the replay one, so it's kind of a controversial pick on my list. And, um, a comedy that I would say is meh, that I've seen this year, is, uh, now, I was a bit disappointed in it, because I think it, I, I think the first one is just a comedy classic, there's a lot of just, like, it's, it's the same humour of today's comedies, but I think it was because it was back in 2001, um, that, and the chemistry between these guys was just, just so, so good, and, um, it was a, it was a funny story, and uh, there's just a lot, like the humor came out of the guys, and and, and the uh, I found the humor came out of the guys in more than the things that were saying. But unfortunately for Super Troopers two, um, I would say that instead of the humor coming out of the guys, which sometimes it does, and the things that they do, sometimes the dialogue it kind of the script kind of relies on the dialogue being funny, where it's really not. It's just the same humor that we get in uh, your average R-rated comedy nowadays, and situations such as uh, full frontal nudity or um, sex scenes, comedic sex scenes, and stuff like that. I've seen it before, and it wasn't done any differently, so I didn't really see it as any um, triumph over the first one. Um, <clears throat> I will say what a great effort it is again. Like, um, 
the effort put into Ready Player One, the effort to, you know, go on Indiegogo and um, raise money to make a second one. And because of the support from this massive, you know, cult fan base of this cult comedy classic, um, they were able to make this movie. It looks better. (coughs) I'll say it looks better. Um, but, uh, again, I was just, I, le- I left after, I was like, I don't, need, I don't need to watch that again. I don't need to watch it. Whereas, I've watched Super Troopers 1 so many times. And I've shown people who haven't watched it and said, have you seen this? But, Super Troopers 2, let's just say, I won't be showing anyone Super Troopers 2. Right. Before I get into the bad, um, let's end on a... Well, I, want, I don't know if I, I want to end on a good note or a sour note. Or should we end on a bit of sweet? I don't know. I think I want to get out, get the negativity, <laughs> kind of mixed negativity, out of the way. And um, let's, let's praise some films, hey? Let's praise them. Um... Or should we go bad and then, like, get it out of the way and then we can start, you know, praising some good films at the end. End on a, a sweeter note. Boy, am I, uh... Am I conflicted? Let's have a look. You know what? Let's just get the bad out of the way. Let's get the bad out of the way, then we get in with the good. And I can recommend some really great movies to you guys. <clears throat> Let's start with a bad Geostorm. Holy fucking shit, don't watch it. Um, another just phoning in performance from um, what fucking what's his name? Um, Gerald Butler, that's right, Gerald Butler. Another, another phony performance from Gerald Butler. Ah, the dialogue cringy as hell. Um, predictable. I don't know. Abby Cornish, I'm, I don't like her. Um, if you like Abby Cornish, great, but she just does nothing for me. She does nothing for me. In terms of performance. In everything I've seen her in, even in Three Billboards, I found her character to be extremely annoying. And she, any everything I am, I'm just like, ah, like, please get off the screen. So we can go to a different and more interesting character. And that's something against Abby Corner. She just seems to be the characters she keeps playing are just annoying as fuck. Or, you know, it's it started. That's what I thought it was at first, but now it's starting to become like, I don't know, is she a good actor? You know? I don't know. Um, so yeah, Jesus Storm's not good. It's It fails horribly to be funny at times. And I didn't like it. Uh, yeah, it's not. It's not even. It's not even. Um, you know, it's it's not even funny. It's not even bad funny. Like I, I watched it and I didn't li- like. I laughed at a few things, but I wasn't left in like. I need to watch that again because that was like I need to get drunk and then watch this with friends. I just didn't want to watch it again. It was boring as fuck. Some scenes are just so boring. Um, another miss, uh, this is from last year when I watched it this year, um, but it might have come out this year on, like, Blu-ray and stuff, uh, Tragedy Girls, um, Brianna Hildebrand and Alexandra Shipp, this is the first time, this is the second time I've seen Brianna Hildebrand as I've seen her as, uh, Teenage Negasonic, Negasonic Teenage Warhead, sorry, <coughs> from Deadpool, 
And I was like, oh, I like her. So I picked up Tragedy Girls and gave it a watch. This is the first time I've seen Alexandra Ship, by the way. And I was like, I really don't like this actress, or this is probably the character she's playing. So I, it, judging from uh, uh, what I'm going to talk about uh, maybe in a minute, it's the character that she played. Um, these are two extremely unlikable characters. I would I was never on board with what they were doing. Um, and I hated everything they said and everything they did. And uh, none of it was redeeming. I wanted them both to die because there's a scene where they could nearly die. So I wanted them both to, to get killed there and then the movie wanted to be... I wanted to end the movie with everybody else winning because, uh, the uh, God, I did not love these girls. So I'll, I'll say that. Um, Hildebrand's better than Alexandra Ship, his character. Like, they, her character is better than um, Ship's character. But they're both... At the end, they're both just equally just shit. And not um, even... Like, there's no one to root for in this movie because these characters are just so unlikable. So, yeah, don't give you give it a watch if you want to. If, if you want the plot, it's just about two girls that want to be horror horror icons. So what they do is they uh, track serial killers around and they film their killings and you can put it onto the net and trying to... Um, Trying to like amass like a like a media um, manhunt for them, and they're kind of spearheading it through their hashtags on Twitter and stuff like that. So they want to become modern horror icons with their social media. And um, yeah, I didn't like it. And you can watch it if you want to. It's available on anywhere you can get it. Let's just <laughs> let's just say that. Um, right, moving on to a, another failed comment of the year, Life of the Party. Holy shit. Um, now, I'm not a, look, my friend is not a fan of Melissa McCarthy. Will not watch anything she's in, even thought the heat was shit. I thought the heat was good. Um, I thought there was some very, very funny bits in the heat, and the chemistry between, um, Bullock and McCarthy was good. It was there, and it was fun to watch. And I've enjoyed McCarthy in other films like Bridesmaids as well. And, um, but any film she seems to make with Ben Falco and her husband, I really don't like her in those. And it seems like he just can't make a good film. Um, because my God, uh, her character is so fucking annoying and just like ear-piercingly annoying like, get out, stop it, just stop it, stop it, please. Um, started off funny, I laughed once, I laughed once in this movie, it was in the first 15 minutes, I laughed once, the rest of the movie was such a fucking drag to get through, and it was painful, it was painful, um, yeah, it's better than Tammy, I'll say that, it's better than Tammy. Um, but it's so painful to get through. It's really not a comedy. Um, what it tries to be, it's not funny. I laughed once. And that wasn't even, that wasn't even a good laugh. That was just a, <laughs> that was one of those ones. That was one of my, that was like exhaling out of my nose. Funny. So, yeah. Really didn't enjoy that. Finnemus McCarthy, fine. Watch it if you like Tammy. Sure. 
Um, but yeah, I stand with my friend on this one. This was not one of her good ones. And I like... And uh, I liked Melissa McCarthy. I even liked her in... I thought she was great in Spy. I thought Spy was a good movie. It was funny. My friend did not like Spy either. Because I think he just has such a bias towards Melissa McCarthy that he doesn't want to watch her any of their films. And that's that's completely fine. That's his thing. But he's, he's it's like he's not really giving her a chance. I think she's funny on SNL sometimes as well. But it just doesn't work in this movie. It just... Anything that be her husband, Ben Falcone... It just doesn't seem to work. It just it just doesn't work. And this was a very painful film to watch, to get through, in terms of viewing pleasure. So, yeah, give this one a miss. <clears throat> Next up, Flower. Uh, I love Zoe Deutsch. I think she's great. Uh, she's very likable, very, very likable in most of her films. I first saw her in Bad Grandpa. No, Bad Grandpa? Dirty Grandpa. With uh, Robert De Niro, Aubrey Plaza, uh, Zac Efron. And then she was in it. I thought she, her character was so cheerful and her and her, she had such a positive energy and a great vibe. And I was just like, oh, yeah, I like this character. And then I watched, I watched her other movies um, and I, just, I, I was like, you know what? I like Zoe Deutsch. I like her. I liked her Before I Fall. And I liked her and set it up on Netflix. I thought it was good. I thought it was a good rom-com. Um, a little cliche at times and very predictable at the end. But I will say, I laughed. I laughed. I laughed a bit in uh, setting up. So, and I get this like I just get this positive energy from her in most of her films and her performance. And like that was she was great. Uh, everybody wants something. She was great in that too. Another great, just, you know, awesome, just like, I don't know, happy character. I don't know. But it's it's not in like the pushover kind of way. She just, the way she performs these uh, these characters of hers that are actually likable, um, I, that's what, you know, gets me going. Like, just, oh yeah, that was, you know what? She was, Zoe Deutsch was great in that movie. Um, gets me saying that. Even though everybody wants some, is, uh, is a combined effort from uh, Deutsch and the Boys. <laughs> Should be a band name. Um, like Blake Jenner and uh, Glenn Howe and you know, people like that. Uh, speaking of Glenn Howe, um, they're in they're in it together and set it up. It's actually Zoe Deutsch and Glenn Howe who plays, I think it plays Finnegan, I think, from Everybody Wants Some. So they're actually in set it up. So I thought that was really cool and I was like, oh, that's, that's that guy from uh, <laughs> Everybody Wants Some. So... Uh, yeah, I just fun to figure that out. Anyway, going on the on the uh, <clears throat> on the tangent of uh, unlikable characters in this movie, Zoe Deutsch's character is so fucking unlikable, and she does nothing to redeem. Like I didn't think she did enough to redeem her character. Um, I was excited for this one because it was an interesting premise. And um, I would have seen how they're going to pull it off. And again, I like Zoe Deutsch. So I was just like, okay, this is like a little upcoming indie that I could like. Unfortunately, that is not the case. Um, I didn't like her character. I didn't like her uh, her, her mother's character. <coughs> See, I've still got the fucking thing. I've still got it. And it's pissing me off. Her mother, Catherine Hahn, I usually like. 
I usually love Catherine Hahn. Um, and I like the characters that she does. And she's funny. She's so funny. But in this movie, she's so, just, so grace, uh, I can't tell, what's, what's the word? Um, just gratingly, um, her performance is so grating on you, like, uh, let's just leave it at that, because I'm just trying to find a word that just, like, her performance just, it just, it just nabs at me, it nabs me, it nabs me as I'm watching it, I'm just like, oh, God, my God, I hate this character. And the dialogue is just so, like, I don't know, like, unrealistic. It's not how people talk. Um, and I'm not just saying that... The, the, the thing is, you can do a movie where you can have a lot of character dialogue, and you can have a lot of... Um, uh, you can you can have a lot of dialogue that would be just said by two fictional characters, but sometimes it works because it sounds, it sounds realistic, but it's two char- fictional characters speaking to each other. And it works with characters like Edgar Wright and Shane Black. And I would find other examples, but I, I really am running out of time. It just doesn't work in this movie. It doesn't work. Um, everything they said, I was just like, that's not how mother and daughter speak to each other. What the fuck? Like, they'll call on each other cunt and slut. And I was just like, is this how... Like, I, I've been around most. I've been around most. Uh... Of my, of my of my friends uh, that are female or their mothers, this is not how they speak to each other. <laughs> Some of them have that, you know. Sometimes you'll have you'll have that uh, you'll have that uh, I don't know that connection, I guess, with your mother. You might say, "Oh yeah, you you know, you bitch." All right, I'll do that later, you bitch, or something like that. I don't know. About my, I know my sister's done it a few times. <laughs> Um, but it's just this movie, like, it was just like every word was just like, ah, oh, you can't, ah, oh, go and get it, you can't. Come in here, you can't. Oh, mama. She was calling her mama. I was like, what the fuck is going on right now? What is happening? What is happening? And then I didn't like the fucking fiance's kid. The, the, I don't know who plays him, but he was just terrible. Like, his character was shit. shit. Oh, what a waste of Adam Scott as well. Who is normally I love? Um, what a waste, Adam Scott! My God, don't waste Adam Scott unless you're a shit movie. And this is one of them. Um, yeah, bad. I'm f- just this sucks. I'm glad I watched it on a train. I'll just say that. I'm just glad I watched it on a train because Jesus, this wasn't as painful as Laugh at the Party, but I was cringing a lot, and I was just like, I just don't believe any of this. So it was very disappointing watch flower <coughs> excuse me I'm gonna end with the big one <laughs> but um now we've had a good kind of a good year for horror so far this year we've had hits like quiet place hereditary which I'll talk about am I good I just dropped my fucking pen Which I'll talk about in my good, but we also had Truth or Dare, um, and uh, my God, I didn't. Uh, <clears throat> you know, you think coming from Blumhouse, you get, you know, you mostly get good, but they've then again, you always forget. You know, they've had their misses, they've had their misses, they've had their hits, they've had their misses, and there's a lot. There's a 
not a lot of misses, but there is, there's more hits than misses, but there is a, uh, there are some misses, there we go, there are some misses, and this is definitely, god damn, this is definitely one of them, uh, the trailer looks intriguing, uh, but then when you watch the movie, the smile that you see in the trailer gets so fucking annoying all the time, it's so stupid and creepy, it's like, not even creepy, it's just, it's so stupid, and the characters again, so, I just hate unlikable characters, dude, I hate unlikable characters, I need someone I can root for, and I hated every single one of these fucking kids in this movie. You need someone you can just... You can just watch. And you can just be like, alright, I want this for this person. I hope they get what they want. You know, you set up a movie and a person wants to get something. You want that person to get that thing. If they flawed, if they flawed, that's what happens. They have a character arc and they learn the lessons along the way and they become a likable character. And they redeem. Like, you can have unlikable characters that redeem themselves. No one fucking redeems himself in this movie. No one. Lucy Hale's character was fuck was such a fucking bitch. And then and in the end, what what the fuck happened at the end? Her friend, by the way, is the one that just comes in and just goes, "Oh, and now you're talking about me now, like doing this." I, I've just, I'm the character that comes in and just causes a commotion that fucks off for the next thirty minutes. It's just uh, poor, 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 poor writing. Um, just, oh, God. Just so, it's, some bits are kind of laughingly bad, but I, I don't need to see this movie again. Um, I don't want to see this movie again. I'm not really a fan of horror, and this is a one reason why. Now, it's got its jump scares, and yes, well, I will admit, because I'm very, 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 very susceptible to jump scares, they still got me. One of them, though, no, two of them, though, didn't get me. So that's the first, this is, I'll say now, The Truthful Dare is the first horror film that hasn't been successful with all their jump scares on me. Even though they were cheap. Even if your jump scare is a cheap one, it's still going to get me because I'm very, just very susceptible to it. And I get scared so fucking easily. And that's why I... That's just a simple reason why I don't like horror movies. If someone uh, someone says to me, oh, we don't like horror movies, I just give them the simple answer. I just get scared. And I don't like being scared. This is why I don't... <coughs> I have a lot of friends that uh, come up behind me and uh, you know, they do that thing where they get their hands and they just like zap the sides of your hip, hit the size of your hip, that gets me every single time, I nearly have a fucking heart attack every time that happens, and I don't like it, but at the same time, it's like, oh, you bloody fucker, <laughs> and I just, I just don't like it, I don't like being scared, jump scares get me every single time, and if it's done well, like, I, if it's done well, I always go, alright, like, that was good, but if it's done shittily, I get scared, but I'm like, you know what, just fuck you. Because you didn't earn that. You didn't earn that jump scare. And I was like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, <clears throat> I was, I'm proud of myself for getting into, starting to get into horror movies now, and 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 uh, because I do realize that horror is a really cool genre with a lot of cool. Um, we've seen a lot of innovation in the horror genre, especially in the last maybe five years. Um, and big movies like Get Out really got me into. 
horror. Um, and then I started, and, and ever since going to film school, I've watched um, Alien, um, even though that's kind of, I, you know, people could say there's a thriller, but there's, there's a few jump scares in that. I've watched Alien, I've watched uh, Nightmare of Elm Street, I've watched uh, Friday the 13th, even though those are kind of more slasher movies, but again, there is jump scares in them, and I don't like jump scares. I've also watched Halloween, The Thing, um, and there's a, and I now I just think, like, those are some great movies. How have I missed out on these movies? How have I missed out on these great, great, great movies? It's because they're horror films and I was always scared of them. Now, the jump scares still get me. Don't get me wrong. The jump scares still get me. But now, in those movies, I was able to say, well, at least I'm appreciating the filmmaking right now. And appreciating... You know, I like the characters so far and I like everything that's happened up until this point. Even though the jump scares, you could be... There could be 15 to 20 jump scares in a film. And... I wouldn't care if, as long as this, <coughs> as long as it is a good movie, and I, would, I wouldn't care as long as, as, long as it's a good film. <coughs> I keep getting something caught in my fucking throat, pissing me off. And I was happy to say that about those films that I, I've watched, those old movies that I watched, and uh, watching Get Out last year. There was a, there is, I think that the one jump scare that really got me was the one where uh, Chris was outside and he looks up and sees Gloria in the window, and it's one like that. Loud noises, I guess. I guess it's the loud noise that the fucking sound editing people put on top of it. That doesn't help either. <laughs> doesn't help either. Not for my well-being. Um. Yeah, but unfortunately, Truth or Dare was just like, I was just like, fuck you. You didn't do anything to get that. You just, all you're doing right now is, this is, this is all, this is all you're doing right now. Let me just break down a simple jump scare from Truth or Dare. Ready? A scene will play out. A scene will play out between characters. And what, what the editor was, let's just say they shoot the scene. It's all, this is the raw footage. It gets wrangled and given to the editor. The editor does all the pre-production stuff and then starts working on offline edit. All he has to do is do a quick cut to another scene, to another uh, shot, let's say, not scene, another shot. All he has to do is another quick cut to another shot and that shot will usually be uh, in a scary image or a creepy image or someone's face or just an action. Sometimes it doesn't even, doesn't even have to be a cut. Sometimes it just has to be a quick pan. Has to be a quick pan. Maybe maybe someone now the now the, the the most false one that you see in these shitty horror movies is a hand on someone's shoulder, or just the shittest thing like a like one of the worst ones is the cat in the fucking cupboards. Why? Anyway. First, why is a cat in the cupboard? What what is it doing in there? What is it doing? Especially an empty cupboard. Cats don't sleep in the cupboard. They sleep on top of lounges. I've seen them at my friend's place. They sleep on top of fucking lounges. They may get into the cupboard, but they're going to stay in there. And, judging by the movie's logic and length, the cat would be dead, you know, if if it stayed in there. Anyway, enough about cat cupboard logic. 
let's get back into what I was trying to. <coughs> I'm back. Now it doesn't have to be a cut. Sometimes it can be a just a person just walking and a quick pan to someone, uh, a hand on their shoulder, and all the editor has to do is just play that scene. He just plays that scene. He gives it the color grade. Um, the the colorist they grade it. Gives it the sound editor. Oh well, I'd say they give it to the sound of the first, and then they would give it to the color. Colorist goes before after sound. Well, sometimes it goes before, depending on schedules, but when mostly colorist will come after sound. All the others to do is give it to the sound editor. Sound editor just has to go on freesound.com and just goes oh, loud sounds, and then just pops it in. And then he just goes, ah, oh, there it is. There could be a sound that just goes, Boop! like that, or Woo! like that, or Boo! or anything like that. Any abrupt, just turning the gain up on things. Like all, the, the, even the sound editor can do that. The sound editor can literally do a foley sound of someone's hand grabbing someone's shoulder and just fucking cranking the gain up to eleven, and then going, you know what? That's a jump scare. And then thinking that we're dumb enough to fucking accept that. Not on my fucking watch. I may be new to horror horror movies, sir, but you're not fucking earning that jump scare. Based on what has happened in this movie so far, you don't get to have that opportunity. You don't get to have that dignity of calling that a jump scare. So that's how easy it is to kind of set up a very, very false jump scare. Now, you can also set up a creepy jump scare by having, let's just say, in, uh, in Alien, the Alien coming. That is a true one because that's a scary thing. That's a scary. Uh, <coughs> that's a scary uh, creature. That's a scary being. That is something abnormal happening to something, and that's designed obviously to kind of shake us as an audience member. And then it's warranted then because, and also if you set up the characters well enough. To know that there is a threat that has been established, that's when we go, oh fuck, there it is! But if you just do it, like someone touching someone's hand, or, so, or, or a fucking cat running along the thing, or a raccoon jumping on someone's head, or just someone, even someone just running into someone. I've seen a film where someone just runs into someone and the sound of it just goes, you're not, fuck it, just put a sound, of the, sound effect there. Bang. Boop. Fuck off. Just fuck off. Fuck off with that fucking shit. I think they call them, uh, most people call it like, sort of like boo scares or jump, yeah, boo scares, I think, uh, is kind of like a uh, urban dictionary term running around, even though I don't think it's in an urban dictionary, but we kind of call it that. Uh, just, Jesus Christ. Anyway, to get off that, to get off the tangent, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to get on that tangent, we've only really, really got like 15 minutes left. Um... Can't get off that tangent. Don't watch Truthful Dare. It's shit. So there you go. <laughs> if you want to have a, like a, I guess a great time, um, getting drunk and just saying, look at this shitty movie, and look, this could be this could be a laugh out loud bad movie like Wish Upon from last year. But just uh, no, no. Another bad movie uh, from Netflix, talking about Wish Upon, talking about Joey King from Wish Upon. Kissing Booth is shit too, don't watch that. That's on Netflix, don't watch it. 
Um, another shit movie, even if Netflix, may as well just keep you on the Netflix train. Netflix um, train. You thought Love, Simon was good? Don't watch Alex Strangeoff. Next. Um, and to finish off the bad movies, obviously, it's Fifty Shades Freed. What the fuck else could it be? We've had two already that have been so just... just some of the poorest forms of cinema I've ever seen. I've, two of the worst toxic... Blank, bland, one-dimensional characters I've ever seen in a fucking movie. And they've done it, and to, 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 to think they've done it three times now is just fucking beyond what I can just fathom. So. And this was just, it's just, it's just like, the first one is just like, it's made competently. It's got good cinematography, and the director at least kind of tries, even though those characters are so fucking shit. And the second one is just... I wanted to just fucking poke my eyes out with... I think I was eating... I think I was eating Chinese food when I was eating it. And I was like... I should, I should just re recreate that scene in Only God Forgives where I shove a fucking chopstick in my eyeball. Um, I think it's his hands, though. But I put it, I want to put it in my eye. And this movie's just boring. Like, it's just like... It's just Anastasia Steele and Christian Grey on vacation for like half of it, and it's boring as fuck. It's like watching the De Discovery Channel video or one of those getaway uh, holiday channels, but like shit, like shit, just shit. And then just watching two of the worst fucking characters put the screen, talk to each other, and try to sell to the audience that this is a good and healthy relationship, where it's fucking not. And it's not. He's controlling, he's manipulative. Why the fuck is this represented as... Something that's good. And then she's like, oh, Christian, you're so funny. Fuck off. Bullshit. Oh, I saw you changed your email. Oh, Christian, I just did that. Oh, fuck off, Christian. Go fucking jump off a fucking cliff, you cunt. You can't fucking please any woman. Uh, the, only, the, only the only way... You can please a woman is by, apparently, according to your character, according to what you want us to believe, uh, this is the EU EL James as well, as well, I hope you'll fucking listen to this, the only way you can kind of, it seems the way you're portraying, even though this is a Twilight fan fiction, you're still trying to sell this as a film, you're still trying to sell this as something that was going to make money, which it probably did with most audiences that wanted to watch it as a guilty watch, or something like that. But to anyone that wants to defend these characters as good characters, as fun characters, as as like, oh, this is just the the relationship's just funny. It's so weird. It's fucking not. It's so just. It's it's like oh, it's destructive. Uh, it's uh, Christian is just a fucking cunt. It's simple. And Anastasia's not any better because she just falls for everything he does. I've never seen a weaker female character in a film. Jeez, I'm gonna put that fucking thing on silent. <laughs> I have never ever seen a weaker female character on film. Where we're trying to make movies nowadays that just just think about the kind of demographic we're in right now. We're trying to make movies nowadays that trying to make stronger female characters and to make them seem, you know, independent. They can look after themselves and they, most of all, they kick ass. And there's a great film that did that and we're talking about that in a minute. 
Anastasia Steele gets walked over every single minute of every single film in this trilogy. Gets just gets fucking walked on. She gets given every job that she gets because her boyfriend bought, buys the fucking company. And we're trying to take that as just like, oh, they're just, they're just, just such a weird couple. They're just, they're just, oh my god, just all the things they do, oh, the tying up, the fucking in the ass. Um, what? I'm done. I'm fucking done talking about this franchise. I really hope I didn't to watch this again, but I'm probably gonna have to watch it again with my fucking friend because we've got to do the fucking the list podcast. Bottom line is, Fifty Shades Fruit is fucking. Fifty Shades, this great, thank God this Fifty Shades is fucking over, holy shit. I cannot just get over the characterization of these fucking people. Um, Jesus, that was great to come off my chest. But, um, my God, I just... Anyway, let's get on to the good. That felt good. Now, because of... This is my fault for running over time and not even thinking about um, what is kind of acceptable for a good length to hear me, especially rant on certain things. Um, I'm just going to run through the good list because there's a lot of films here. I'm just going to run through the good list um, and give maybe just very short, brief analyses or um, plot, and then you can take it as you go, and I'll, I'll probably recommend most of them, because uh, I think they're good films. Okay, um, what I really liked so far about 2018, that 2018 has been, because I'm just saying that the good overcomes the bad here, in terms of films. 2018 has been a very, uh, already a good year for horror. Um, it's We've had our stinkers like True or Dare, but we've also had A Quiet Place and Hereditary. Um, a Quiet Place, directed by John Krasinski. Um, I've, I think I've already talked about it, but again, uh, the filmmaking involved in that, fantastic. I read the script. It was one of the best scripts I've ever read. Uh, one of the most, in- I wouldn't say best, but most interesting script I've ever read. Just the way it was formatted and everything how it was written. <laughs> Just, wow. Compared to what was seen on the screen, yeah. Uh, performance of Emily Blunt, amazing. I loved Millie. I loved, uh, I loved the kids. I thought the the sound design was fantastic. Creatures Island was interesting. Um, I had my flaws, but A Quiet Place was very, very strong in my book and may even end in my top 10. Who knows? But that's another recommendation. And it is out now on Blu-ray. So you can go out and see it. You can go and grab it. You can go and borrow it. We can grab it. Call up that friend and say, have you got Quiet Place on Blu-ray? And then we go, yes. And then you sneak into the house while they're sleeping and you take it. Right, Hereditary as well, uh, on the other side of the spectrum, very, very depressing, uh, very, very, oh my god, I'm very drained, but such a fucking good movie. Um, it has the ending I was a bit, uh, on, um, but up until that point, you had sold me, um, I was just, it was just such an emotionally draining movie, and if Tony Collette does not get nominated for a fucking Oscar next year... There's going to be a problem with the Academy, like I've said every single year, um, about a certain person's performance, because I don't really see that the Academy really um, acknowledges horror that much, but it was good to see Get Out last year and go out last year's category. Um, 
wow, Hereditary is one of the best films of the year, I think. Who knows? That could overtake Quiet Place in the top 10. Who knows? But uh, that's just what I'm going to say. Um, and we'll just may as well get Marvel out of the way. Black Panther was great. I really, really love Black Panther. And I fan, uh, especially loved uh, Avengers Infinity War. I cannot wait for part two. I'm sticking by I'm sticking by part two being called Avengers um, Endgame. I'm sticking by it. I'm sticking by it being called Avengers Endgame. And then... Because I said it was when I when I redid my spoiler cast, I said it was going to be called Endgame. That cinematographer, uh, he released the um, the cinematographer released his, you know, what he was doing, and it said Avengers Endgame. Like I fucking told you, shit, I told you. And then uh, he took it down. Who knows? It could be could be changed from Endgame now. But I'm sticking by it. Avengers Endgame 2019. Let's get it. Let's get it. Alright, and Deadpool 2 was better than the first, in my opinion. So, we know we got Marvel out of the way. Let's get on to some other films. Um, Super bad, super bad. Super Dark Times was an indie night that I, I think came out last year, but I caught it this year. I think most people caught it this very early this year. Um, About three friends that um, get a katana and something bad happens. And then shit happens after that. It gets crazy. It's really intriguing. I liked the super, uh, kind of the abnormous, uh, abnormality, I guess, of the, uh, what happened in the movie. Um, and then the ending really just caught me off guard and I loved it. And I really recommend Super Dark Times. Check it out if you could. Another great comedy of the year so far that really surprised me is Game Night. Um, more than its comedy, its direction, and, and its um, uh, the actors being involved in the chemistry between everyone. The cinematography was great. The filmmaking in general was great. Um, but I, highlighting was the cinematography. What I really was uh, kind of highlighted in my mind was the cinematography, the transitions between each scene, and the score. But none other than fucking Cliff Martinez, baby. And I've got that score saved on Spotify. And even though um, I think it was, I think there's a song on Spotify from the score because I've got like a playlist of Cliff Martinez on Spotify uh, from most of the movies and uh, most of the Wendy Refn ones, like Drive, Only God Forgives, and uh, Neon Demon. But a Game Night is now in that uh, that playlist. And uh, wait, let me just. I'm trying to find that there's a... Because, like, you go through, like, all these, like, um, kind of ominous names, like Hammer or... Um, I think it was, like, Flathead or something, or The Beach. And then you go through the weird ones from Neon Demon. Um, ah, where is it? I think it's right at the, end of the bottom. Maybe I didn't save it. Maybe I didn't save it. Oh, there it is. And then you try, you get to one, you get to a one that says, "I've seen his dick," and it's just funny, I guess. But they're just great. They're great. It's a great score for a, a very, very solid comedy that I would I've watched three times now, and I recommend if you have not catched Court Game Night, and if you're a friend of board games and hanging out with your mates and having these game nights, 
Game Night is for you. But I've got, I've got to say, you got to suspend your disbelief like the fucking a thousand because this shit's crazy. Another fantastic sci-fi film that I've seen this year, definitely going to be in my top ten at the end of the year because I've, I've, I continuously think about this movie every time it's brought up. Is Alex Garland's Annihilation based off the Southern Reach trilogy written by, uh, what's his name, Jeff? Uh, which I still haven't read the books, by the way. I'm very in, um, disappointed that I couldn't read the books, but who knows? Now that I have the time, I could probably read the books. Summer Reach Trilogy, that's it. Uh, Jeff Vandermeer, that's right. Um, love the leading ladies behind this. We got Natalie Portman, uh, Jenna Rodriguez. Um, wasn't too crash hot on, um, even though I do love um, Jennifer Jason Leigh, um, but I wasn't too crash on her character in this one. Wasn't, ah, oh, forget what the actor that played the kind of, I think it was the French one. She was good too. I just love the leading ladies. They were fantastic. The chemistry team was great. Natalie Portman's performance especially was great. I loved Oscar Isaac. And I loved the question that we got about, from the movie, about uh, ourselves and self-destruction and, and, and eventually the annihilation from this alien race in this movie. And yeah, just that... Uh, it made me think quite a lot about the films, what the film's themes are, even though it's kind of up to interpretation... Um, but I think Garland himself has said that it's about self-destruction. So, Annihilation. It's on Netflix. Give it a watch. Um, <clears throat> but I'll say, like, if you don't like science fiction and fantasy, and you think you think weird shit, or as my brother would say, Wigan, um, you think weird shit's like just weird and don't want to watch it. Obviously, don't watch it, but if you're interested in sci-fi fantasy and just a lot of questions about life, um, ourselves, human beings, creatures, coexisting with different ecosystems, definitely give this one a watch. Death of Stalin is another really underrated comedy from earlier this year. Um, might have come out last year for a few people, but a um, few people across the pond. But I caught it this year, and I think most other people did. Most of the North Americans did as well. Um, written by Alejandro Anucci. I think it's Alejandro Anucci. If I'm saying that wrong, please correct me. But he did Veep, and he also did, um, that, what was that political one? Um, it's like Raising, is it Raising the Bar? That's not it. Is that, is that, is that it? Lowering the Bar? <laughs> Hang on a second, just give me, give me, just, uh, give me, give me a second here. Um, ah, fuck. I can't find a similar movie. Here we go. I'll get it. It's gonna come. It's gonna come. Of course, it's not gonna come. Google, of course, Google fucks me over. Uh, Alejandro, Armando Anucci, not Alejandro. Apologies, mate. Um, the thick of it. That's it. The thick of it, and then that it was in the loop. That was the movie I was thinking of. In the loop, another political movie. Um, but it was just very dark comedy. Didn't expect most of the things. I thought the whole the performance from uh, Silence Son was fucking hilarious. And um, I loved I loved Speed Buscemi. I loved uh, Jeffrey Tambor. Um, Jason Isaacs was great. And if you want a dark comedy with a lot a lot a lot a lot a lot of dark themes in it but you want to laugh at good written humor 
give Death of Style a watch. Sorry, I'm getting a little bit delirious. It's about, uh, I think it's about one. Yeah. Um, in the fade, I mentioned that in the last Foreign Falls podcast, another good foreign, um, another great foreign film from, um, Fatah Kim. Is that his name? Again, it's 117. Um, now, before I get to these last two, I want to talk about uh, one of my favorites of the year that's def- definitely going to be my top 10, and I've talked about this already, Revenge. Uh, written by, written and directed by Coralie Fage. Um, and you've got, um, Matilda Lutz in it. Matilda, Anna Ingrid Lutz, if you want to go full name. Matilda Lutz, I've never, I haven't stopped thinking about this movie. I've talked about every, every, uh, ever since I've saw it, seen it, saw, seen it. Um, I've seen it about four times now. And it's just, just, it's, it's so good. It's just so good. And uh, it's, a, it's, 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 you gotta watch it. You gotta watch it. Uh, I'm trying to get an extra close to the mic there. Um, just watch something different. If you don't like it, at least you've watched something good, other than Fifty Shades Fruit. Like, that's okay. It's okay if you don't like it. At least you've got to watch it. And, like, make your opinion about it. It's better than spending like $17 or going to buy 50 Shades Freed from the shelf and then going oh well, it's still shit but I wasted my time with that well I guess I don't know opinions 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 people <clears throat> you know it's, you're probably listening and thinking Kyle shut the fuck up about 50 Shades Freed well see the movie and then come back to me Um, so yeah, Revenge is, uh, one of my lists that I put at the very top, I believe it was my May, uh, monthly recommendation on Instagram, I put a good review up on, uh, Letterboxd about it, gave it a four and a half, <coughs> and it's one of the best films of the year, hands fucking down, kicks ass, fuck yeah, watch Revenge, if anyone, has anyone come up to me, if anyone has come up to me, from May to now, I've always have said, have you seen Revenge yet or watch Revenge? Get onto it. On the opposite side of the spectrum again, from um, watching someone kick ass and, and having that feeling of just like, fuck yeah. Maybe you want to have the feeling of, oh, or like, oh, I'm so happy today. I'm going to make a milk, nice milkshake or a nice smoothie and, and give my family and friends a hug. Well, you're going to have to watch Love, Simon to get that feeling. Um, because Love, Simon is one of the most uplifting and sweetest movies I've seen all fucking year. It's got a great performance by Nick Robinson. It's got a great supporting cast. Um, I only know Catherine Langford. And a great character by Alexandra Ship. She's not just shit. Tragedy Girls was just um, a thing of her character. I really, really loved her in this movie. Alexandra Ship. And uh, I forget the guy's name, but he's, I loved him in Brigsby Bear. He's fantastic. And he's just so, he just, he's like, they're just so likable. It's not the same character. They're just so likable. And this is how you make a good coming of age, high school drama. And this is just how you do it. This is how you do it. You have, you have your serious bits, but you always end on such a great high note and a great positive energy left within the audience and the viewers. And just thinking, you know what? That was actually a really good fucking movie. And I want to watch that again. 
it gave me the same. I, I wrote it on my Instagram. Uh, it gave me this. It gives me the same high I get from watching What If. I get such a great positive vibe after watching What If, and um, I got the same. I've seen this movie three times now already since last seeing it. I watched it with my family. Um, I put I put it on for my family. Actually, I didn't just I didn't just go. I, they didn't come in and go. Um, oh, what are you watching? Oh, Love Simon. I actually just went. All right, guys, we're watching Love Simon tonight. <laughs> so um, yeah, really, really, really good movie. You can compare it to Call Me by Your Name if you want to, but in my opinion, they address kind of the. There's got kind of different issues of homosexuality, I guess. Um, Call Me by Your Name being kind of like a summer romance or. Um, and it's such a very strong connection between these two characters. Whereas you get your, and I was, I was hesitant about the high school drama I was going to get with Love, Simon, but I was very, very, very pleased with just how it was handled and all the situations, um, in the movie, especially with the parents as well. Julia, Jennifer Garner was great. Um, I normally kind of lukewarm on her, but I thought she was great. And Josh, to Josh, to, where, where, where have you been? Where have you been, Josh Duhamel? Because that scene made me cry like a bitch. Um, Jesus, I'm not, even, I'm not even afraid to say it. It was great. And um, the second time... The first time was great, but the second time I cried at that scene with his dad. I cried. And uh, the third time I just smiled again. I was like, ah, here's that scene coming up. So, uh, <laughs> this is a great movie you want to uh, re-watch with some people that really enjoyed it. And if you want something really happy and uplifting to watch, definitely Love, Simon is my pick. Um, coming from 2017, I know we're at Aaron 10 here, but we're going to finish up very shortly. <clears throat> coming from 2017, but I saw it, um, I've only seen it about a couple of weeks ago. It actually came out earlier this year for other countries as well was, so I'm going to count as 2018, is Columbus. Um, done by Koganada, who is a, I guess, I think he's an essay person on YouTube, I think. And he has made one of the best shot movies I've seen in my life. The composition and the positioning of each shot makes me want to fucking jizz. Holy shit. And not jizz in, like, the way as in you would imagine. Jizz is in, like, just, like, happiness is just, like all over the place and don't take that as a fucking euphemism you dirty freaks but just it's just like film you know film is just like oh fuck yes that's what I love seeing um the characters are great Haley Lee Richardson was fantastic in this movie um could she be new crush who knows um uh, John Cho was great in this. Um, you know, you might have known him from Harold and Kumar movies, but I've seen him in a few serious movies, and I think he's a really good serious actor as well. And he proved it again in Columbus. Columbus is just such a... And just the shots, man. You just look at the shots and you're like, is this real? <laughs> like, they're just so expertly and meticulously crafted. And the dialogue between the characters is so subtle, there's a lot of subtext. And it's just great. It's just a great fucking movie. It's a great film. And if you haven't seen Columbus, watch Columbus, please. If you're interested in architecture, you might even get a kick out of it too. And if you're a bit of a bookworm, there's a little bit of a uh, little bit of 
bookwormy stuff. I, I don't know. But like, she works at a bookstore as a, as a kind of like a co-librarian and, you know, they talk about a lot of, um, <clears throat> there's, a, there's a scene about, uh, a discussion about philosophy and, uh, you know, and literature. You might be getting a kick out of that. But if you're a film fan and you want to watch something good, or even if you just like, you just want to watch, you know what, I, don't, I want to watch uh, well-shot, well-written, just movie about buildings and the connection between two people that are very, very unlike each other. Columbus is your pick. Columbus is my pick. Columbus is what you go to watch. Another great comedy this year. I wouldn't say great, but not as good as Game Night, but a very, pretty solid in my opinion, um, and a lot of heart to it, was Blockers. Um, it was a pleasant surprise. I thought it was, it's got all, like, you've got, you've got your talk humor, you've got your crude humor, you've got your sex humor. You've got all that stuff. But you've just got very, a lot of heart coming from Ike Barinholtz's character with his daughter Sam, and you've got John Cena just being funny as fuck. Mike, when, how did that happen? Um, hilarious. Uh, Leslie Mann, she, she, like, I don't know. She's kind of, I haven't really seen anything new from her in a while, and she just kind of plays, to me, she kind of plays the same character in most movies. But um, I still enjoy most. Unlike Melissa McCarthy and both Ben Falcone's films, I still like watching Leslie Man. Uh, but Blockers was a, was a pleasant surprise. And if you want to watch something nice and quick, and you want to have a good laugh, uh, but you don't want to go through the complexities and, and the, the suspending of the disbelief of Game Night... <clears throat> and running through these different kind of thread lines. Um, Blockers is a nice straightforward movie about three kids, three teenagers that want to fuck, they want to lose their virginity on prom night, and their parents are trying to stop them, and shenanigans ensue. But there's a lot of heart to it, and there's a great discussion about um, uh, the sexuality of one character, and the acceptance of that from another person. And I thought that was really well... I don't know. It was, it was just well done. In a comedy like that, with this kind of lowbrow humor, I thought that was... I liked it. I really liked it. Um, so I want to finish off with... Um, I also thought Isle of Dogs was good. It's not Wes Anderson's best. I still support stop motion and film. I love it. Um... Isle of Dogs is great, as well as Cuba and Two Strings. I think Cuba and Two Strings I like better than Isle of Dogs in terms of stop motion. But I thought Isle of Dogs was pretty solid. I liked the performance from... Um, I liked Brian Cranston's Chief. And uh, just things that... Uh, the kind of the Japanese subplots and stuff like that, especially the one with Greta Gerwig's character, I think it was. Wasn't a fan of that. So, um, yeah. Not Wes Anderson's best... But then again, you know, I don't know. Most West Anderson fans have their pick, but it's either between the Grand Budapest Hotel or... Um, uh, I really like Moonrise Kingdom. So maybe that. Anyway, we can't really get a discussion right now about that, but... Um, yeah, I thought Old Dogs... I put it on my good list because I actually thought it was... For the majority of it, I really enjoyed myself. And if you're West Anderson fan, you're going to love it. If you love Fantastic Mr. Fox... this is Fantastic Mr. Fox is better than this, in my opinion. But um, another great stop-motion film from Wes. And it's got the dark humour. 
that you love from Mr. Anderson. And it's just, it's just, I love seeing stop motion. I love it. It's expertly done and meticulously done. I just love seeing stop motion done well. That's my good list. Now, the final two films I want to talk about is a film, there's two films that I've really, really haven't stopped think, thinking about. And they're very short. They're each, both very short. And um, they're going <coughs> to, one of them is either going to be in my top 10 of the year, if that from tops it. And one of them is probably going to be my honorable mentions because I can't shake these movies from this list. The first one I want to talk about is Thoroughbreds, written by, written and directed by Corey Finley. Sorry, Olivia Cook and Bay herself, Ina Taylor-Joy. Um, and if you're a fan of Ina Taylor-Joy, you get what I'm, you get what I'm saying. Um, just so sharply written and really sleek, stylish cinematography. Um, Anton, unfortunately, it was Anton Yelchin's last performance. His character was very funny. And the chemistry and the dynamic between these two girls is just... It was just so great to watch. And I've seen this film, like, about four times now. Because it's so short. It's only an hour and 20 minutes long. And it's just so easy to get through. And I appreciate it every single time I watch it. I was just like, that's just a really... That's just a solid movie, man. That's just a solid indie film. That most people have... Might not have seen. And it's gone under a lot of people's radars. And I want to just push it up there. Thoroughbreds. You gotta give it a watch. I watched it. I watched it again with my friend when she stayed, and she thought it was a really, she, in her words, a really good film. Um, and I thought that she wasn't gonna like it, but she didn't, didn't end up did liking it. So, thoroughbreds. That's about two girls that want to kill their the one of the girls' stepdad, and that's that. I'm gonna leave it at that. The rest of it you have to watch because it's really just. I love the ending as well. I love the ending. And um, just like the, the the sound design as well was cool. The music chosen was different. I don't know. It was really just its own bean, and it's it's, it's like originality. Um, I guess like the the concept of the killing someone's um, parent or someone's you know person in their life that they don't want they want to get rid of is not that original. But the Corey Finley spin on it. This could be a play. Like the dialogue is so kind of play like. But I really enjoyed it as a feature film instead of a play. But this could be a play, who knows? And the final film I'll talk about is a film that has split a lot of people. It's very polarizing. Now you're either gonna love this film or you're going to hate this movie. You're going to watch this movie and just sit there and be like, "What the fuck was that?" Or you're gonna sit there and be like. That was so just weird and awesome. And I'm talking about how to talk to girls at parties. It's about three, um, three or four, I think three, punk rock guys who are really heavy into the punk rock scene. They like going to punk rock parties and they like seeing the punk rock queen herself, Nicole Kidman. Yes, that's true. That's in the movie. And they stumble onto a little bit of a house party. They think it's a house party, but it's actually inhabited by beings from another world. Aliens. And, um... I believe it's... Uh, the lead character's, um... Alex Sharp's character. What's his name? 
Um, give me a second. What's his name again? It's uh, it's I mean, it's E. Is it E? Is it N? That's it. It's N. E N N N. N strikes up relationship with the alien El Fanning Zan. They go on wacky adventures together. No, not really, not wacky, but they go. They just build this connection that is just so bizarre, but works in my opinion. It just works, and it's so just so just wacky and it's so ballsy, uh, risky to make this kind of movie because there's so many elements that people just gonna switch off and be like, you know what? Fuck this! Like, what is this film? Um, but to me, that only just built it. It's on its on its themes, on its characters, and just what it encompasses as a film, being that punk rock. Because punk rock is all about, go, you know, going against. Well, punk rock is really like, you know, basing off what we've seen on uh, pop culture and, and, and media and everything. Punk rock's about going against the grain, of, <coughs> you know, rejecting conformity. You know, anarchy, just like you know, raising the roof. You know, making a make. I don't know, making a scene. I guess I sound like a fucking old man, don't I? Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, you try, You get what I mean. I don't want to explain it because I'm just going to embarrass myself even more. Let's be honest. Um, but just the connection these two people make, and just like the ending. I'm not like it's not. I'm not too crazy about the ending because I think it could have been done better but the movie itself I just watched it and then and every time I watch it I'm just like that movie is so fucking weird and bizarre but I love it I love this movie I love it it's so just it's one of the weirdest movies I've ever seen ever and like, I'm not just, you can't just like, you put, like there, there, there's characters and there's, there's, there's situations and it, 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 there's a, there's a structure to the movie, believe me. <coughs> Fuck off, throat. Um, I wish I could just rip my throat out for like 30 minutes and just put it back in and, you know, but you know, I can't, you can't do that because I would die. Um... It's just everything, Yeah. Everything about this movie, I just, I just loved. Nicole Kidman as the punk queen. I forget what her character's name is. I just call her the punk queen. She was so dope. Um, the, the kind of the, the musical scene with um, Elle Fanning Zan and Alex Zan's, Alex Sharp's <coughs> and their scene together singing that song. It's such a weird song with weird lyrics, but it works because of their passion and their chemistry on stage with each other, and then you just get this adrenaline, like, watching it. And then, like, you just want to, like, it's not like you want to get up and just go, fuck yeah, it's just, like, it's just, like, it's just, like, it's just so, oh, I'm getting, like, this energy, this is so weird. And this is just, this is, like, this is, like, some bizarre shit, but it's so wonderful. Think about it as if you're going to, you see, think about it as, as seeing, like, you, you go, let's say you have, like, a metal detector, and you're on a beach, and then you find, like, a stone, and this stone is, like, kind of multicolored, there's lots of, there's lots of sharp edges, there's, but there's lots of cracks in it, 
and there's lots of like the crack spin. You kind of, if you're getting my metaphor, thank you for playing along. If you're not, that's okay because I really suck at doing these things. Um, there's a weird kind of rocky find, and then it grants you like superpowers, but like not like superpowers like flying and and uh, invincibility. It grants you superpowers just like like making milk come out of your nose whenever you want it to, or um, instead of pissing urine, pissing like uh, chocolate milkshake or something. I don't know. Like that sounds disgusting. Why would why did I do this? Why do they put this thought into my listeners' heads? Uh, but you kind of... I hope you're getting what I'm talking about here. Like, this... This movie is just so... Against everything that is kind of set by these kind of coming-of-age films. It's just awesome. And... It's just so wonderfully bizarre that I just couldn't help but love it. So, you got to watch... Because I didn't get the chance to talk about these two films. Finally get the chance to talk about them. But How to Talk to Girls at Parties is going to be my pick over Thoroughbreds, even though I think Thoroughbreds is nearly there because of its other elements that that I did like. But I like How to Talk to Girls at Parties in a different way. So, yeah, that's it. Like, Watch both of these movies. Um, they're going to be kind of high in my top ten, I think. Um... Yeah, we'll see what happens anyway. But these movies I recommend you to see. If you want to see some films that are kind of under everyone's radar, underrated, no one's talking about them, I'm going to talk about them to you. Thoroughbreds and How to Talk to Girls at Parties. If you want something... Now, let me just give you some recommendations. If you want to laugh, game night. If you want to feel fucking awesome... And if you want to just go out with such a... You have such a positive energy, you want to love everyone. Love, Simon. If you want the bloodiest, goriest... Not, not the goriest. The bloodiest movie, just kind of... Uh, buckets of blood, action, badass, female-led film of the year, We watch Revenge. If you want to watch a great horror film, watch Hereditary or Quiet Place. If you want to watch a great superhero film, um, especially in the MCU, either watch uh, Black Panther or um, Avengers Infinity War. And if you finally, if you want to watch a great sci-fi, watch Annihilation. Those are my recommendations. That's my lists. That's my list. Those are my list. I just want to add Rampage as well to the mech category. I thought it was good. Uh, the best relationship in that film is between George and the, and uh, the Rock's character. And I'll leave it at that. The Finlands are very... Twist their mustaches. Mu-ha-ha. Uh, Malak can do better than that. Pete from The Office can do better from the, <laughs> better than that. And uh, the monsters was great. The humans elements was just shit. Um, and the best relationship, I stand by this, but the best relationship in that movie is between the CGI gorilla and the rock. And that's it. That's it. That's the meh. That's the bad. That's the good. Go out there and see these movies if you want to. Everything in the good category I recommended. Um, all those recommendations I did at the end there. Give them a watch. If you want to watch something different, if you're sick of the mainstream releases, if you want to watch something, you just want to like just have a just such a different experience, watch these movies.
There are some good movies here, people. We have not been getting shit. These are good movies. If you want to hate yourself, watch Fifty Shades Free. No, I'm done. I'm done on that. I'm done on that. I'm done. I'm sorry. I'm done on that. Um, honestly, I, honestly, I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be honest right now. I probably would get drunk off my ass and watch Fifty Shades Free and laugh at it. Okay, there you go. There's my there's my confession. But um, these are all right ones. Like if you if you like these all right ones, these math ones, that's that's fine. I'm not nothing against that. This is just my opinion. These are just my personal um, recommendations, and these are my personal thoughts. If you like these movies, that's great. This is the greatness of the art being subjective. You can have opinions, and then you can like things that other people don't like. Isn't that great? And you can have these things to yourself. And you can be like, I like these movies. And that's what I like about this this uh, filmmaking as an art form. As a... This is, is the best kind of media. Is that there is a lot to choose from. And people have a lot of personal favourites. These are they're weird personal favourites. I've talked to people that have had weird personal favourites. They've become my personal favourites. I talked to people that have said have personal favorites, and I've gone. You know what? I don't want it. I don't like it. I need to see it again. But I had. I still liked that. I watched that and got that off. You know, I had that discourse with that person after it, and we had that discussion and conversation about that movie. And I love that 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 movies encourage again the discourse between people and the discussions that people have because they're just again we as film lovers we love talking about film. And in the end, even if the film is shit, it feels amazing to talk about these movies. That's it for the uh, half half year list podcast. Uh, we're hitting an hour and <coughs> about to hit an hour and thirty. I'm very sorry for that going over there. I thought it was going to be a quick one. Again, I under I underestimate the list podcast. I just underestimate them. So if you've got an hour and thirty in your time, if you want to listen to my voice, that's fine. Um, I hope you find some recommendations in there. This is mainly just for these good ones. You know, we can riff about the bad, but in the end of the day, I want to recommend some great movies to you guys, and I hope you'll be able to find some golden nuggets in these uh, these mine of movies. Um, who knows? They could end up on your 2018 top 10 list as well as mine. Who knows? That's the great thing here. Um, don't know when the next one's going to be because I'm going to be working on some things, um, trying to sort out what to do next in my life. Isn't that crazy? Um, I've, I've, I've not doing anything. Isn't that weird? I'm not doing anything at the moment. Um, I'm not working on anything. I'm just sitting here and it feels good at the same time. And then the other side of my brain's like, I need to do something. I need to do something. I need to do something. And my other brain's just like, Hey, fuck off. He's done something for the last six months. So, you know, isn't it great to have that conflict with inside your own brain? Um, so I don't know when the next one's going to come, but it will definitely come soon. I'm probably going to see Amanda Wasp this week. So who knows? It could be this Thursday. It could be this Friday. I, I want to be consistent. Who knows? I could watch another movie that I might talk about. You know, you know, you never know what you're going to get. It's like pizza... You order you order a random pizza from Domino's and you're like, what kind of pizza are you going to get? Well, guess what? This is the pizza you're going to get. All right. Enough analogies. Have a great weekend. Uh, even though it's already been the weekend. <laughs> Have a great... I uh, hope you had a great... Hope you had a great weekend.
Let's just say that. Live in the past tense. Hope you had a great weekend. Enjoy your week. Stay safe. Stay happy. Love your friends, your family. Hug hug everyone um, if you have to. Don't hug people that stab you, though. That's, that's, uh, that's not good. Usually that invites them to be like, to stab you more. And uh, I, uh, I recommend not uh, encouraging them to do that. <laughs> okay, so I'll see you. I'll, uh, I'll see you next time.